0: It's time to think outside of the box by looking inside the box. The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of Kentucky Wesleyan College. Any content discussed are of their own and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. The discussion on the topics of race, racial trauma, and discrimination may be sensitive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Does racism still exist in this generation? Hi, I'm Dr. Jim Coleman, and welcome to Looking Inside the Box, two-part series spotlighting women of color and their experiences today. Created and directed by Wish Read. So, Wish, do you feel that race matters in the sense that, should we still refer to each other by race or skin color, meaning white, black, et cetera?
2: Yes, not necessarily as how we define people, but I always use this funny anecdote that I heard is, When you're describing someone in a room, it's hard to go, that's the guy in the purple shirt when everybody's wearing purple shirts. And it's important to be able to say and feel comfortable saying, it's the black guy over there or the African-American man over there or being able to describe people because that's their culture. That's who they are. Um, That's how you can describe them as. But knowing that race is a descriptor and not a discriminatory term and releasing those boundaries from those words and being able to see it as a cultural aspect and not a, a... derogatory term. You want to describe someone, oh, that's that one guy. Uh, when you know he's from France, you would just say, that's the French man I know. It's the same aspect for uh, racial terms like that.
1: Stereotypes still exist. We all know that. We place people inside a box uh, based on how they look, sound, et cetera. Do you see blacks uh, stereotype each other?
2: A hundred percent. I think there's so many racial boundaries we've put on ourselves and we've accepted what people have put on ourselves and put that on each other. You can see that in every race today. You can see them have their own divides, have their own ideas of what's acceptable or uh, you fitting into their version of what a good uh, member of that community is. Or that's something we discuss a lot in this is not only are, am I just a black woman, but me being lighter skinned or even having a white parent all those things play into factor in the black community. And that's something that's hard to break because it's not just something that we've put on each other. It's something that society's put on us and we've interpreted that in our own community. And I think it's important now more than ever to just acknowledge that and understand that that's not something that we've done on purpose to our community. It's something someone's imposed on us. And that is the start of where we make change in our community in those racial divides.
1: Actor Morgan Freeman, uh, in an interview, you're well aware, stated that he thinks Black History Month is ridiculous. Uh, black history is American history. Uh, he also says to stop racism is to stop talking about it. Uh, where do you, how do you react to those statements? Where do you agree or disagree?
2: I remember hearing that interviewing and just being appalled because that's how you feel when you stand so strongly on this idea that hearing our culture is important and um, what you're doing in this world to fight racism is important, especially as an activist like I am, a little young activist I am. <laughs> but as we go forth and hearing things like that from other members of the Black community, they understand that they don't want to be separated anymore. We want to be included in American culture and not feel that division. Uh, so, understanding when it gets to critical race theory and why it's important to tell accurate history, it's not just saying we don't want Black history, we want equal amounts of representation in American history because our history is this country's history. So it's so much more beyond that. But I think where we have Island Pacific, Island Pacific Islander Appreciation Month or um, Hispanic Heritage Month, it's understanding the culture and the heritage and the background of that community and less recognizing the differences between our history and American history.
1: You know, hearing about these childhood stories makes me wonder, in your childhood, was there a time the metaphorical glass ceiling was broken for you in regards with race?
2: I'm getting a little teary-eyed like just thinking about it, but I remember when Barack Obama was inaugurated as president, because at the time, I had no idea what that meant to me. I had no idea the impact it was having on my mother, on how she felt it was being impacted in her life. I had no idea what was going on, but I appreciated, I appreciate so much more now than ever in my life that she kept me out of school and she sat me down on the couch. And even though I I was a wiggly kid, she said, we're sitting and watching this because it's important. And I had no idea how important it was until later in life, obviously. But um, I remember just experiencing that with her the first time and not understanding, but I watched it in a movie, uh, Lee Daniels, the butler, and we were watching it and she was crying and she was just like, wish this was what I was talking about. I wish your grandparents were alive to see this moment. And that has always impacted me so positively because leaving that culture of support and encouragement and and just overall pride to see something happen and seeing a, moment, a monumental moment happen in real life, that's not, every, uh, that's not something everybody appreciates. And I think it's important that someone took the time to make sure I appreciated it, even if I didn't understand what I was appreciating. Now that we've entered part two, we see a side of our guests that is what they're living in now. They have a new understanding and a new acceptance of who they are. So a lot of these clips are talking about being accepted for their differences or even accepting themselves for their differences. We had to split this up into two parts because you get to see the growth of our guests as well as the mindset shift that you can only get through time. And I am so grateful that our guests at such a young age, being 20, 19, 21, all those ages, it's a perfect example of how empowering our society has now been towards young women of color and that they can experience these things at such a younger age and be able to live their lives loudly and boldly without feeling like they're being defined by their box.
3: It's really just it's really difficult because like I did mention in in the last one you race is something that people will never ever understand. Like in terms of like, you will never understand what it's like to be a different race, like at all. Like that's impossible. Like I said, um, you know, uh, people get to have the whole like, oh, I didn't realize how, uh, you know, how how uh, the world doesn't cater to like disabled people and how hard it is for them to move around until like I broke my leg. Okay, yeah, but you can't switch races. You can't try it on for a day and be like, "Hmm, wow, yeah, that sucked." <laughs> like, maybe we should stop being racist because I did not like how that felt. Um, and it's it's hard because there's so many things that I feel like people can empathize with, sympathize with, and be like, "Oh, I, I get it. I, c- I can get it because that's happened to me before." Um, but race is something completely different because it's it's an identity thing. It's people are like, "Oh no, it's just the color of my skin," but it's it's who you are as a person. It's your culture. It's you know, your family and all that. And it's like you can't just try that on for a couple of days and see how it goes. So I don't know, I feel like yeah, obviously it does get tiring because even if I think I did a good job, I'm like, "Oh, they look like they understood what I was saying" or I think I think I really got them to like see the uh, see the light or something. At the end of the day, they will never actually know though. So it's kind of like do I want to give a pointless speech or do I just want to say, oh, uh, yeah, those guys, you know, so. Who knows?
4: I I think that a lot of it, though, is subconscious. Because to acknowledge my privi- privilege, like, I know that I could be accepted in the academic sphere because people see Asian and they assume I'm smart. And then I was good at math, so that solidified that even more. But you always feel like subconsciously you have to act different a little bit to be accepted, or to make friends, at least, specifically. And then, I don't know, like, I feel like out of the Rogers kids, I didn't really connect with a lot of, you know, the people who are Asian at Rogers, like, I felt like I I connected more with the people in my year, um, like you. My God, yes. And it's more that I had to prove my
5: blackness to black people, that's the thing. And, I like I said, I I guess I haven't really been around my black family as much, Um, but that doesn't make me any less black. And I get, I might not talk like everybody else talks, but again, that doesn't make me any less black. But um, one thing that I had to learn was code switching. Once I went to uh, college, especially going to college in Milwaukee, where I'm around more people that look like me, uh, code switching was, I was heavy on it because... I didn't want to be looked at as different or I didn't want to be looked at as like, Oh, this white girl. But then again, I'm like, why don't I want to be looked at who I actually am? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I've had an identity crisis. Absolutely. Like trying to figure out when I was around white people, I'm, I'm too black still when I'm around black people, I'm too white. So I'm like, okay, well, what am I, who am I, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to talk? What am I supposed to like all these different things? And I just, come to realize like it doesn't matter like black or white like it doesn't matter like what I like it was what I like how I talk is how I talk and I'm not going to keep trying to change or fit in with these types of groups because if they're really my friends or they really like me they're going to like me regardless Mm. not just because oh she's black oh she's white like it's I don't know but I've definitely had a hard time like fitting in or or um what is it like proving my blackness and that's something I wanted to do because I was you know considered white in a sense for a while yeah just solely based off the way that I talk and the thing too that was amazing it was crazy to me um so when I was at Milwaukee it was a move-in day it was my first day uh, doing summer basketball and uh, my roommate she was uh, one of my teammates we got to talking for a little bit, and she's like, "You're just a little white girl. You're you're a little white girl, and you live in a gated community and a in the nice suburbs, and da 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 just going off about how I'm this little nice white girl, and I speak well, and this and that." And I'm just sitting back like, "Okay," because she doesn't know anything about me. She doesn't know anything about my life. She doesn't know my sisters. She doesn't know my family. She doesn't know what I've been through. And then I gave her like. A short little rundown of certain things that i went through and she's like i would have never guessed that just by talking to you like i would have never guessed that you went through all these struggles and i would have never guessed this this and this and i'm like exactly because you're judging me solely based off of how i look or when i'd be uh and when i was in high school and i had all these white friends they would um come to my house and see that my mom's white my two younger sisters they're mixed too but then their dad's also native so they're pretty light and see like I had these two white sisters and be like oh I thought your whole family was going to be black it's like okay well I I I get it I understand why you would just think that but I mean everybody has their preconceived ideas of who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to act like or talk like or or do or you know and it's just like just let me show you who I am first before you try to prove all your preconceived ideas to be true or false like let me show you that
2: this podcast does have an overall theme of empowerment for our guests as well as anybody who can relate to these experiences but something that is highlightable throughout our guests individual interviews is that they've come to a point where they've decided that they are who they are and they are not changing so I think the undefying support that they've had inside themselves to believe in themselves and to be strong in who they are is something I wanted to highlight as we start to close this podcast series and I hope you guys can all take what they've learned within their own lives and apply it to themselves whether it is being a woman of color whether it is being a person of color or whether that is a person who needs an overall understanding of themselves and being confident in who they are and who they were made to be
4: Oh my god okay it's so weird because i am like half filipino like i have dual citizenship like i'm filipino i was born there so that is a part of my identity um but i am asian american because i grew up here like i grew up in the american culture i didn't grow up in philippines like that's all my mom but she brought a lot of like influences because she grew up there and so and her friends are all Filipino. So that's what I also grew up with. And that's what I also grew up knowing. So it's a weird thing, because when you have like that kind of situation, it's like, yeah, you're American. Um, and yeah, like, um, you know, you speak English, and you're just in this culture, but also like, you have snippets of this other culture. Which I, I get that funny question sometimes, especially like it's like just the most random times when people are like, So when did you learn to speak English? Like I, I'm 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 American.
0: <laughs> like I, I spoke know. English
4: my whole life. <laughs> you know, like funny things like that. Like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely American. It's you know Okay.
3: So I have heard the term like, Oh, we're in a like post racist society and all that and that honestly just rubs me the wrong way just because the white experience and the non-white experience are so different in every single way and I feel like people who aren't minorities get this idea that when we're talking about you know racism they're like oh that's a strong word like you can't call me a racist like I like I didn't you know that's not what I meant or like no I would never think that about you but it's like racism comes in forms of microaggression in terms of you walk into a store and who is a store clerk going to follow around to make sure you don't steal anything. Um, you are talking to your family in your native language and people think automatically think you're talking crap about them. Um, people just assuming you're not as smart because you have an accent or because something isn't your first language or, um, making fun of you because of a certain stereotype like that is again, that is not something that will ever be experienced by a white person. Um, So again, I feel like they, they have this idea that it's something like super serious. Like we're over here, like, I mean, and it is, you know, but I'm not talking about like, oh my, you know, I'm not talking about like helicopters flying in with like ice agents, like breaking down the windows and stuff like that. Like I said, it's about the fact that I got followed by some random guy in a Trump truck who was just yelling, like, go back to Mexico. And I'm like, okay, that's sure, go ahead. You can yell at me. That's fine. But like to have a grown a- man follow you around in his truck while you're walking by yourself. Like that's not something any like any white person will ever ever have to worry about. Like they don't have to worry about, um, you know, am I on a good side of town or should I be a little, mm, uh, you know, or just, oh, if I do this, is this going to be like ghetto or is this going to be like, okay, like they're going to think I'm being funny or something. Um, is this trashy or is this like you know I I don't know I just I just think it's 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 really it's really hard like even with the way you dress the way you look and all that stuff like there's just so much that goes into it um that again is something that white people will never have to experience so it's like when you say we're in a post-racist society I I feel like the only way the only okay how do I say it the people who believe in a po- that we live in a current post-racist society are thinking of a society that only contains them like in their mind society is just them i don't experience racism so therefore no one else does um which is the whole issue with racism the irony in it um so i just I think it's mind blowing to me that it's uh, some sort of topic of discussion to be like, "No, guys, I swear there's racism." Look, and then white people are like, "Oh no, that's not racism," and you're like, "No, no, no, but it is." And you're like, "Well, I, as the oppressor, say it's not oppression, so therefore it's not." Um, so not to get all like ah uh, social liberal, you know, liberalism or whatever, but it's like it's like if if the oppressor is telling you. Hey, I'm oppressing you, but I'm not, though. I'm not, though. I'm not. So everything you're saying that you have problem Like, if there, like if you are... You're being gaslit by an entire race of people. <laughs> white people are literally trying to be like, oh, no, 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 there's no racism. While being actively racist to you. Like, I'm being gaslit by white people. Like, that is... That should be the title of your thing. <laughs> gaslit by white people. A, a story. <laughs> no, my life. Being gaslit by white people. Yeah, Uh that's pretty much it. Post-racism is just gaslighting by white people. That's all I have. That's my final statement. Forget everything else I had to say just right. Nicole thinks that <laughs> racism <laughs> is just gaslighting by white people. Yeah.
5: And so, I mean, that's kind of the point where I'm at now is just like, I'm going to be me, black or white, mad or happy, you know, excited or, and at, like, it's, I'm just going to be who I am and unapologetically just because, it's for one life is too short to try to be anybody else and for two there's so much other things going on in the world that me worrying about if I'm black or white or what I don't want to be seen as or I, I don't want to give off these certain attitudes or these certain characteristics of how people might see me then I'm not happy with myself and that's the one thing that everybody has to do is just be happy with themselves and I don't know I just think that's that's the main message that's like the main point is just everybody has to be happy with themselves regardless of whatever the stereotype says or whatever box you fit in like who cares like you're you're you people who you surround yourself are going to like you for who you are and things like that so
2: my last question to all of our guests was what are your final thoughts and what is something you want to leave our audience with and i left our conversation as it is, so I hope you enjoy what they had to say to the listeners, you all, of this podcast series. The whole thing could be, I'm being gaslit white people. <laughs> I'm like, that's so right. Like, why am I, like, because racism is invented, like, racism is the word white people invented to describe something they are doing to another person, but they, uh, they say it's not real. You invented the word
3: yeah you made it no and then when it is real it's when they become scholars and benefit off of minorities works and they're like oh no, no i'm the professional of the racism so i cannot be the racist because i'm telling you about it
2: sam did said it best she was like she was like i've been like i've been racist you've been racist we've all been racist it's like we've been a little bit it's like i think everyone can say they've been a little bit ignorant but for some reason, people can't admit that. And I was like, and that's the problem. Why can't you admit that there's a problem that needs to be solved overall? Yeah. It's like, and it may not happen overnight, but like, I think so it's like, it's like uh, it could be worse. It's like, there's growth in people. So why can't you just understand that there needs to be some level of growth and yeah. address that there's a problem?
3: I think it's just the fear of holding yourself accountable, because I think that's also why, even though we've progressed i mean i obviously we haven't come too far but given how short of a time we've had since like the civil rights movement and all that like you know i guess we could we say we can say we've progressed fairly quickly right um but i think that's why stuff like colorism like that's still like such an issue because that would require a minority to say that they're being racist and that sounds like it would contradict or like no that 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 doesn't make like that's an oxymoron like there's no way that can exist like a racist minority you know like how can you be racist towards your own people or racist towards other people you should be a minority you you should get it right but you don't because like i said there's unfortunately there's this like hierarchy on race so i think that's like i said why stuff like colorism and like other um forms of like non-classic racism where it's not just like white versus literally everyone else um like it's so hard to even get into because no one wants to sit there and be like, "Hi, yes, I am racist, but I'm also not like the other guys. I'm racist, but not in a white way. you know, no one wants to be that person, so I think you know I, I don't know it's it, it it's hard because I feel like people put themselves in the category of like, "Oh, I'm being oppressed, so therefore I cannot be the oppressor." Um, actually, I think there's a, there's a statement that says, like, the, it's like the oppressed, oh, the, like, yeah, the, oh, when the oppressed cannot beat the oppressed or something, like, they, they choose to become the the oppressor themselves or something, so it's like, oh, okay, well, I can't do anything about my situation, so I'm just gonna pick on people who are, quote-unquote, less than me, you know, so it's like
2: uh that this definitely could be labeled we're being gaslit by white people because yeah it's like i'm like you <laughs> especially because and white people put the idea that oh but you're not as, like they they make other races fight like they i realized i doing the research for colorism i was like white people invented the idea that a lighter skin tone is better than a darker skin tone like and you can see that throughout history like yep. they invented that idea like but I just was like, oh my gosh, like you invented colorism. You invented the problems that we're having today. You did it. And you wonder why like racism is still happening. It's because you put this idea that one of our races are still above the other. And also one color uh, tone is above the other and one this above the other and this is better than that. And we always have to continue to defend ourselves and we have to explain this to other people. But you invented that idea. So overall, you are still, the and if you guys, and especially like white people, they can't see that they're still here. They're still above everybody else. That even though they're like, no, I'm like you guys, like I I grew up in the streets too. I don't care where you grew up because no matter what, you're always going to be like this to me, always. So it doesn't matter where we grew up or who you're with. You need to understand where your life is compared to mine and how you'll never understand, like you said, that this is still going on. Yeah. And they'll never get it. Yeah. And we're getting gaslit by white
3: people. Basically, yeah. So, that really best describes it. Yeah, being gaslit by white people.
4: Oh my gosh. I just... Part of me just doesn't understand it. Like, I know. I get it. I honestly do get why it still exists today. But I I can't, like, fathom it as a human being. Because that's what we are in the end of the day, you know? Like, we're all human. And I feel like at that base level, we should understand how much it hurts when you do these things to other people. You know, blatant acts of racism or discrimination. Um, And it's just weird to me when people don't see it that way. But it also makes me question myself. And that's the part I hate about it. Because when people so fervently believe in what they believe, you start to second guess yourself as well. And so in that way, I guess I kind of understand why it exists. So like the only thing you can do is you have to be very, what's the word for it, discerning and skeptical, skeptical of everything. You can't take things for granted and you can't take things at its face value because that's how you fall into that trap you fall into that trap of discrimination because if you take something someone says as the only truth and you don't accept that there could be another side of it then obviously that's how you fall into the pitfalls of you know discrimination which is obviously wrong and this is this is something that we can see with like how things like oh, I don't actually want to get into this topic. Never mind. No, go, go. no, 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 because I, I, I'm talking about, like, genocide. So I'm not oh. going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. You're right. I'm not going to do like, that. I'm not deep. qualified enough to talk about that, about the psychology of it. But, like, you know, it's weird how people's minds work. It's weird how that works. And so you have to check yourself. That's the only way to, to try and avoid it. I know.
2: That's it? That's it? Is that your... I
4: don't know. I don't know what else to say.
2: You feel like... I don't know. I I just...
4: I felt like I said it too logically and I...
2: No, I like it.
4: Yeah, but also, like, there's just so much emotion behind it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the logical side of it.
2: What's your emotional side feeling about it?
4: Please stop. (laughs) Please. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess I I feel like the only thing is, like, I do hope that I'm open about my views on that. Like, I hope people don't think that, like, you know, I'm a racist person, you know. But um, the only aspect that I really feel like that people might be surprised about me is how insecure I am about like, being Asian on this campus, specifically not having really anyone to turn to. Because I do have a lot of great friends, but, like, the fact is I can't really talk about that aspect of it. Because it's a hard thing to talk about because it's not really a struggle, but it it is because I can't talk about it. I feel like it would be so much easier if I just could. And I don't know why I feel like I can't. It's a weird thing. So,
2: But did, I don't know, even though I'm not Asian, did you feel like you ought to, like, kind of alleviate some of that like even a little bit of the pressure you hold inside about like racial like racial tension
4: yeah
5: yeah no I think that's I mean that's the biggest thing that I've come to learn is just like okay maybe I do like this maybe I do like this 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 and it it points me towards this to this box white or black but I don't care you know, cause that's, that's who I am. Before I would try to do everything to I like kind of hide this stuff. Or if I'm hanging out with my white friends, I wouldn't play this kind of music because I know I don't want to be seen as like ghetto or like this big, like black girl. And if I'm around my black friends, I don't want to play like, oh, this white music because I'm a white girl. Like I just, I got to the point where I'm like, I don't care about what everybody, anybody else really thinks about me. I'm going to like what I like and not fit into your boxes and not trying to make you happy around me. I'm gonna make myself happy and be confident in myself.
2: This final part is for me because there is no proper way for me to overarching express my feelings as the director and the creator of this. But I have the unique experience of having my dad sit down with me and speak about his experiences in my life as I dealt with this racism. Sometimes you feel like you go through these things alone, but other people have your back and are here to support you. So it was a very interesting take to see this from another side, especially my father being a white man having to live life with an African-American wife and two black children of mixed race. And it's been such an enlightening experience to see how he saw my life and my challenges and my differences through his lens. So I'm so blessed to end this podcast with his final words, and I hope you all can take something from this if you could see from the women's pr- perspective, as well as my father who had to experience it as the other side.
6: I think just, mean, just take it for granted. And that's kind of what I did like, growing up, like especially when it comes down to like, race, um, I didn't... I didn't think much of it either. Like I, I didn't think it was never an issue, except for when I did have children. It's like, and granted, I like I think I've become like you know a little bit more aware. But like, well, it does, and it kind of did start because it started out as just like, look, I'm just being a protective father. Like I did not want because I, I definitely was super aware of like racism because like you know like a good chunk of my family is from the south and a lot of people did have some some things and I and I never would I never kind of were, was comfortable with that but it's like growing up, I didn't have a voice of my own. And so I, I just kind of sat there and listened. And then it kind of like, okay, well, I'm willing to say something for my children, for my, for my wife, um, for my wife's family. I'm like, look, I'm not. And then it's just like, and then it's just like, look, it's, not, it's more than just my children. And it's more than just being a protective father, like or that it's like, look, it's just not right. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the journey I took certain parts of it I'm I'm not embarrassed of because I'm like okay I was a quiet person but then also things it's like I I allow people to to say things that that weren't appropriate and I, I chose not to say something and you know what if nothing else even if I just left the room or made some kind of nonverbal thing or or just showed like my what my true feelings were like you allow it and like you know and and it's it is scary because it's like when you do kind of, you, you see what people are, and you see how people c- can be, like, you're just like, yeah, it's like, that's just not right, and, and just because, like, you know, like, my my children are, are very talented, and, and smart, and and beautiful, and, and, you know, it's like, and they they come from two educated parents, doesn't mean, like, you know, it's like, they're better than somebody else of color, it's like, and and like they're just you're just two girls, and for having a, a an opinion where people just like judge people, or they'll they'll say, well, this is this, and we can't have like people having certain level of like bias or 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 bigotry, and like it's just it does it does hurt everybody. It's it's like. Um, I just it's I just can't see how it's one of those things that you something ever wins. It's like it's scary. I just I, I just can't see. I really wish this people would stop and see what they're doing and and, and dehumanizing people because that's what it is. It's like you, you say you're a good person. You say you're fair to others and and everything, but you can't. You kind of prejudge somebody. You say okay, this is. This person uh, speaks well, and and so like yeah, they're and they're uh, black. And it's like okay, you. It's like okay, well, if you you kind of understand what the other person is saying, it's yeah. It's just because they they speak in a certain dialect or they um, use a certain uh, amount of slang is like are they any less like of a person? It's just like I don't know. I just it's. I just you kind of see certain biases, and, and I don't know if it's the best way to kind of describe it, but it's you see it, and, and especially I see the way people react to you guys, and, and and like and where I'm just like I see you guys as my daughters, and and somebody to, like I couldn't be any more proud of you two, um, but like other people just kind of see you as like well-behaved black children, and it's like you know they they're just um, too. Uh, I'm not saying that you guys aren't amazing girls, but yeah, you guys are just, just being black is just such a small part of who you guys are, even though it's, it's, it's part of your base and it's, it's where you guys came from, but it's, it's just like, there's so much more to you guys and so much depth to, to anybody. And I I think when you just look at something like that, you're obviously you got the, the cultural, the, and and just, if you, if you really just like look at somebody, it is, it is, you really do kind of understand who they are as a person, and again, I don't know. It just it is kind of scary the way the world is, and that's why I do kind of keep up with, with just those kind of trends and stuff like that because I, I just didn't care about it before, and and then I realized I only cared about it in the sense of being a protective dad and just kind of protect you guys from it, and um, and look, I'm I, I just don't see how anybody can just can't call myself a good person if I don't care about. The other, the other children that like you know the other that that have to grow up like that and, and it's like and just and I know how people are and I know how people uh, what people say when black people aren't around seeing that world and and even and they don't realize they're racist they don't they 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 think well I'm just noticing an observation I'm just noticing trends I'm only noticing first of all yeah it's like like are you really like noticing trends or are you just Are you just pointing out because that's that meets the story you're you're trying to tell? Um like but but either way, like like would you let me to say that about your family? Would you let me say that about like your aunt, your uncle, your grandmother, your niece, nephew? It's like no you wouldn't. You and you definitely wouldn't be happy. Um even if you took it, it's like like for whatever you're the quiet person and you took it like you wouldn't be happy, and you you wouldn't sleep well at night, and that's that's the way I just see it. And you, you, you see the world, and you kind of you just having like you kind of understand as being the white father of black children, you do get a different perspective.
0: That concludes our two-part series looking inside the box. We want to thank our host, Dr. Jim Coleman, the creator, Wish Reed, the announcer, Derek Hancock, and our three guests, Talia Walton, Nicole Lorenzo, and Samantha Dahlbeck, and special thank you to James Reed as well. A reminder that the views and opinions expressed in the preceding podcast were those of the hosts and the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of Kentucky Wesleyan College. Any content discussed are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.
4: Like in your, in my mind, I have to think I've been racist before and it's, it could have been on accident. It could have been a small little thing. Like everyone probably has. We've all stereotyped people if you think about it. I know at first you're like what? me? You know what I mean? Like people are prob- people c- p- could probably say that if they're listening to me right now. If they if you put if you leave this in and they listen to it, they probably say no, not me. No, you do right? We stereotype people. We judge people based off what they look like, you know what gender they are. Um, first impressions. we all do that because we're, we're all human. And when when you meet a person for the first time, that is how you kind of get to know them your their first impressions and what you see of them. So it's just what you have to keep in mind that you probably slip up too so you need to give people a little grace and you need to inform them instead of just automatically you know flipping on them. Yeah.